Welcome back to another week of Knuckleball Radio here in Odessa, Texas. I'm Cody Lefkowitz, and alongside me, my partner, Brandon Gilden, hailing from Los Angeles, California. And Brandon, let's start it off leading off this broadcast. We're going to recap the last week in baseball a little bit. So, you know, the first thing I want to talk about here, Harper versus Trout. It was the matchup everybody was looking forward to, and they really didn't disappoint. A home run apiece in each of their first at-bats in, that, in those games in Los Angeles. Yeah, easily all the fans were happy. The home runs came in the first inning. It added a spark to the baseball game that everyone liked. But what I enjoyed the most from this week was how the White Sox finally made the move everyone was waiting for. They called up Yoan Moncada. Moncada has been the top, the top prospect in baseball all year, and they finally called him up after trading Todd Frazier away from the White Sox. You know, it's a good bring-up. Obviously, you want to get him some Major League time. The thing for me, he only has one hit so far since being brought up, but that one hit is a triple, really showing his power and the speed that he possesses. You know, let's head it out now to the East. Chris Sale, strikeouts galore for him. Now has 200 strikeouts in only his 20th start of the season, matching pitchers like Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, and Nolan Ryan, the only ones to do it before him. And it's great to be in that sort of company for a guy who already has a Hall of Fame career building. Oh, 100%, Cody. Chris Sale is the reason the Red Sox could win the World Series this year. He is a true ace in baseball and is finally playing for a playoff caliber team. When we're talking about playoff caliber teams, a team that doesn't come to mind is the Atlanta Braves. You would think they would be sellers, and they were almost going to sell. They were apparently selling Jaime Garcia to the Minnesota Twins earlier in the week, but the trade got canceled, and when Jaime Garcia had a start against the Dodgers, he put up seven one-run innings and hit a grand slam. What way to rise his stock from bottom to top. And the best thing about that grand slam it came 0-2, two outs. You know, bases loaded. You're looking at a pitcher. You're going to throw him either a fastball high or a curveball down the dirt. Just get him to chase. He doesn't want anything to do with it. And, you know, he gave him one over the plate. And, obviously, Jaime Garcia, surprising himself, made the pitcher pay. You know, staying in that east, for me at least, Aaron Judge. I mean, what more can you say about him? Two more homers in the last couple of days, leading the league now with 32 home runs. And the last two he hit against Seattle, monster shots, almost out of safe go. That was a beauty to watch. If For those listening, if you didn't see that Aaron Judge home run, please go back and watch it. It's worth the 15 seconds. When we're talking about home runs, you would think Max Scherzer doesn't give up home runs. We think of him as the best pitcher in baseball. But his last start in Arizona, the first three batters he faced, back to back to back home runs you know and we know how good Arizona is obviously they were in my power rankings last week and if you look at the three guys that hit it David Peralta AJ Pollock Jake Lamb three guys who honestly could all be all-stars this season and have been throughout the course of their career fantastic players uh heading out to well what could be the west now Yoannis Cespedes in New York said he wants to play for Oakland And, you know, it's kind of mixed emotions there. Some people saying he wants out right now. Cespedes came out, cleared it up a little bit, saying no matter where he plays his career, he wants to finish playing for the team that brought him in, the Oakland A's. You know, I really do respect that Yoana Cespedes wants to play for Oakland. They're not really a high-salary team, 
No one really wants to watch the A's, but the organization itself must be top-notch if they if a superstar like Yoannis Cespedes wants to go back to them. Speaking of going back, Starling Marte is back for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He made his long-awaited return from the 80-day suspension list on Tuesday, and he's been on fire as of late against the Colorado Rockies, where he has two hits in each of his last two games. Yeah, Marte is, I mean, if you look at any reason why the Pirates are back in the playoff hunt, it's going to be Starling Marte. We know what he's capable of, and he's showing it since coming off the suspended list. And another guy we're going to stay with going back, that's sort of the theme right now, Pablo Sandoval is going to return to the Bay, going out to San Francisco. He signed a minor league deal with the San Francisco Giants, and I mean, that's where he played the first seven years of his career, racking up a two ninety four batting average and 106 home runs. I mean, it's a great place for him to go back to. Obviously, when you're Pablo Sandoval and the Red Sox are going to be paying you millions of dollars anyway, why not make a return to the team where you started your career anyway? The Giants are the reason that Pablo Sandoval even got that massive contract. Maybe they can rejuvenate his career a little bit. And speaking about rejuvenating careers, J.D. Martinez was once DFA'd by the Houston Astros. Now he's a part of a big blockbuster trade that sent him to the Arizona Diamondbacks from the Detroit Tigers. The Diamondbacks had to give up three top 30 prospects, but obviously when you're getting a piece like J.D. Martinez in the middle of your lineup, that lineup is stacked. He's such a great player. I mean, J.D. Martinez, even with the Astros, was getting undervalued a little bit since going over to Detroit, picked it up a bunch, but still possibly an undervalued player overall in the league. And the last trade we're going to talk about right now, the Yankees and the White Sox. You could call it a blockbuster deal earlier this week. The Yankees needing to fill a void at third place, acquire Todd Frazier from the Chicago White Sox. And that's somebody even, do you teach him first base? Because that's even a bigger hole for them. And you keep Chase Headley at third, maybe. You know, it's, it's going to be a question that they're going to have to look at. You know, other guys acquired in the trade, David Robertson going back to the Yankees where he started his career and played for so long. And he was such a good player for them. And then Tommy Conley, the last guy in that deal, going to New York. Uh, Yankees did have to give up Tyler Clippard. He's having a subpar year uh, and three more prospects on top of it. The Yankees are a team that's creeping up on the power rankings. They've been up there the whole time, but they are not in my power rankings. Brandon, are they in yours? How do yours look today? Cody, unfortunately, the Yankees are yet to make my power rankings. Right now, my top five are the Los Angeles Dodgers the Houston Astros, the Washington Nationals, who actually went up two spots this week, the Boston Red Sox, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. What's really happened for me is I swapped the Nationals with the Diamondbacks, because even though the D-backs acquired J.D. Martinez, the D-backs have actually lost quite a few of their games. I think they've lost seven of their last 11 games. And the Nationals show that they're trying to win this year. They just made an acquisition to acquire Ryan Madsen and Sean Doolittle from the Oakland Athletics. That should really solidify their bullpen. They're just one move away now from being that number one seed in my power rankings. Yeah, my top three are going to start the exact same as yours. The Los Angeles Dodgers at number one, obviously best record in the league. Uh, eight and two in their last 10 and 31 of the last 36 games victories. Astros in at number two, still dominant. They get Colin McHugh back. Uh, and you know, an amazing stat, the three highest batting averages in July in the American League belong to Jose Altuve, George Springer, and uh, Gurriel. And then you look at the Nationals, they're my number three, obviously the same as yours, jumping up again. 
Uh, Harper in the midst of a 14-game hitting streak. Edwin Jackson back with the team. First outing, seven innings, two earned runs. You know, it's great to have that guy be your fifth starter now. I am going to swap out, though. Colorado Rockies are in. Arizona Diamondbacks are out at the number four spot. Rockies 5-1 and one in the last week, averaging over 10 runs per game. Such a dominant offense, uh, you know, especially at Coors Field. Obviously, we know how good you can be at Coors. Uh, and then number five, having to come in, and it's kind of proud for me to say this, my hometown Chicago Cubs. Uh, they are also 5-1 and one since last Sunday. Starting pitching since the All-Star break has been outstanding. Uh, it's a 2.16 ERA in 50 innings pitched. And even just in the last week alone, the last seven days, a 162 ERA in 39 innings pitched and 40 strikeouts. Uh, Kyle Hendricks returns tomorrow. Jose Quintana has been with the team. Amazing. Uh, and then I have a couple honorable mentions that I wanted to put in, but they just weren't there for me. Boston Red Sox, Pittsburgh Pirates, right there on the verge. And obviously all the teams that we talked about are going to be buyers at the deadline. Uh, there are going to be some big trades coming up. Uh, one of the teams that will not be a buyer, the Tigers. They are going to sell. And a couple names that have been thrown out there already, Justin Verlander and Alex Avila, linked to teams like the Chicago Cubs. Those would be huge acquisitions. Uh, Justin Wilson, another name in relief. Teams like the Nationals and the Dodgers have been looking at him for a while. You uh, Darvish, next man up on my guy that's going to be traded. I think he's the number one player on the market right now to go. Uh, 12 strikeouts in his last start. I don't know if we're going to see you Darvish pitch in a Rangers jersey one more time this season. Uh, you know, maybe even for the rest of his career. Teams looking at him, it's pretty much the same. Cubs, Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. Those are really the top four teams looking to buy right now. Uh, Sonny Gray in the same vein as you Darvish. Cubs and Yankees have been the two front runners for him, getting him out of Oakland. We'll have to see if he actually goes. Um, you know, let's head off to relievers now. Zach Britton and Brad Brack in, in Baltimore have been talked about leaving, and those are, again, two huge names. Zach Britton last season, the most dominant closer in the game. Brad Brack filling in for him this year, doing just as good. Uh, Addison Reed as well in New York with the Mets, looking to be traded. Uh, Yankees and Nationals have been talked about. I think the Dodgers are a team that should really look at going for him. Um you know, them position players. There are only a couple position players that have really been talked about being moved. Yonder Alonso, one of them going to the Yankees or the Red Sox, filling that first base, third base role, depending on the team he goes to. And then Zach Cozart, there has not been a market for him yet. Yet the Astros losing Carlos Correa for about six to eight weeks, that may be somebody that they have to go after, just fill that role, and then he's an excellent backup to have. You know, Cody, the MLB trade deadline is only eight days away. This is going to be an extremely exciting week. And one trade that I think is going to happen, I'm on your side. The Detroit Tigers are going to be sellers. I have Ian Kinsler getting swapped for some prospects and going to the Milwaukee Brewers. Ian ah. Kinsler has been above average with his glove this year, and he would slot right into the two spot in a stacked Brewers lineup. Jonathan VR has not been getting it done at second base this year. I feel like they need to push him back to the utility role that he was in last season to help jumpstart his season this year. Kinsler has a batting average 25 points higher than Villar and strikes out half as often. He also adds that much-needed veteran presence with both postseason and World Series experience with the Texas Rangers. Then I'm going to be moving to the New York Yankees. 
I don't know if this is going to happen, but there's speculative rumors going around that the Yankees are looking into acquiring John Carlos Stanton. That would be an astronomical deal that would likely be headlined around Glabar Torres and Aaron Judge. If I was the Marlins GM, I would do anything I could to sell high on Giancarlo, even if I still strike less than what he's worth. His contract starts to get ridiculously expensive, and it would be wasted time keeping him on a Marlins team that's no longer compete. It would be a waste of time to keep him on a Marlins team that's no longer suited to compete anytime soon, unfortunately because of the Jose Fernandez situation. I would try to rebuild the Miami Marlins centered around Christian Yelich. I would love to see this team move just JT Real Muto, Marcelo Zuna, Justin Bohr, AJ Ramos, and D. Gordon. Selling these pieces would easily result in a loaded farm system for a Marlins team that could be sold any day now. When we're talking about relievers, the top ones out there are Justin Wilson, Brad Hand, and Pat Neshek, with Neshek being more likely to move than Brad Hand. I've actually read a bunch of articles that the Padres are asking way too much for Brad Hand. They aren't close with a single MLB team in a trade. They've been asking the, the Yankees for Glabar Torres, the Dodgers for Alex Verdugo. These are just top prospects for Brad Hand, who hasn't had any postseason experience and really has only been good for two years. Teams that are interested in both of these pitchers include but are not limited to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Houston Astros. When we're talking about trades, there are trades that we think will happen. There are trades we don't think that will happen. I think a trade that could highly happen is the Dodgers acquiring Justin Wilson. The Dodgers don't really have left-handed relief help, and Justin Wilson would slot in perfectly as a seventh-inning role behind Pedro Baez and Kenley Jansen. What do you think about a potential trade that could happen, Cody? See, I have a couple on my list, and I'm going to be with you with the Dodgers. I think they're going to go out and they're going to get some bullpen help. I don't think it's going to be Justin Wilson, however. I think the Dodgers see it as this is their best chance to win. They're having a season almost like the Cubs did last year. This is the chance. Go in, get some guys, even if it means selling a little bit of your younger guys in the, and your prospects in the pipeline. The two they're going to go out and get, Brad Hand and Pat Neshek, I understand it's going to be a high asking price. That sort of started with Andrew Miller and Araldis Chapman last year with the Yankees. Uh, but, you know, the Dodgers have to go out. They're going to get Brad Hand and Pat Neshek. I think that's going to fill out their bullpen, and it's going to make them real contenders. Nationals, they're going to try and do it as well. They're going to go out and get Zach Britton from their AL East rivals, the Baltimore Orioles, maybe even throw Brad Brack in there and see what they can do on that end. And then the Astro, or the, excuse me, the Red Sox, are going to get out, and they need to get Yonder Alonso. Alonso is the final need that they have at third base, and I think that it will make the Red Sox a very well-rounded team. You know, we're going to go on now, talk about a couple people within the last week who have been hot, a couple who have been cold. Uh, starting it off, I'm going to start it off with some of my hot players. My hot hitter for the week, it's going to be Nolan Arenado, hitting 440 with five home runs and 12 RBIs in the last week. You can say that it's inflation due to playing at Coors Field up in uh, up in Colorado, but you want to know what? Nolan Arenado is an all-star. He's an MVP candidate every year. He's one of the best players in the league. And then my pitcher, it has to be Clayton Kershaw. 3-0 with a .780 ERA and a .78 whip in his last three starts. That is outstanding. Without a doubt, the best in the league. 
not to include 31 Ks in his 23 innings. Brandon, do you have guys that you think are hotter than them? You know, I think I do, Cody. And it starts off with the Kansas City Royals' Mike Moustakis. The left-handed hitter has gone deep three times in his past two games for the Royals and nine times in his past 19 games. He's reaching 28 long balls on the year, and the Royals as a team are clicking. It is hot and humid in Kansas City, and the ball is just traveling. Mike Moustakas has been on fire. Speaking about on fire, the team itself hasn't been, but this specific player has been. His name is Odubel Herrera. He plays for the Philadelphia Phillies. Herrera's hitting 419 with over one OPS since the All-Star break. He has the second most doubles in the National League, and he's hitting seventh in a weak Phillies lineup. I really think it's time for a promotion for Odubel Herrera. There have been hot players and there have been cold players. When we think cold, right away, I think Jeff Samarja. He's turned in three rough outings in a row, giving up a combined 16 runs and 18 in the third innings. He nearly has a 9 ERA in his last three starts. I don't think the Astros really want to trade for him anymore, as rumored a couple weeks ago. He got a no decision Friday after giving up five runs on eight hits against my San Diego Padres. He couldn't even last five innings against us in a 12-9 loss. Another pitcher who's gone cold recently is Irvin Santana. Santana's slide continued this week, and he is now 4-5 four four with a 5-4-7 ERA in his past nine starts after starting the season 7-2 with a 1-7-5 ERA. Things aren't going to get easier for Irvin Santana as he faces the Dodgers next. This regression isn't really a surprise for Santana since the entire year, his FIP and XFIP have been over 4. Expect the regression to continue this week. You know, you were talking about pitchers. They're on a little bit of a slide. Samarja and Santana up around that 9 ERA the past couple starts. I got to tell you, I think that uh, Steven Matz has been maybe just a little bit worse. 15 earned runs in 10.1 innings over his last three starts. And only 8Ks. Steven Matz coming up as a guy who they thought was going to eventually take over that rotation possibly. You know, but his 13-37 ERA just not there. And... I know that a stat that you and I love to look at when comparing a pitcher, because his ERA can be up, but if you look at the whip, you know how good he is. A 277 whip over that same span, just not doing too well. And then the hitter that I have being sort of cold, Scott Shebler, started the season outstanding, 22 total home runs on the season, but in the last week, a .050 batting average, with only three walks. The three walks are his saving grace right now in terms of OBP. And, you know, Scott Schabler needs to turn it around if he wants to stay in Cincinnati and really stay up in the majors through the rest of the season. Brandon, we always have something on our mind. We always, you know, want to go and tell people sort of what we think. This is a time we're going to give it up to you. Sort of tell us what you think and what you're going to talk about here in terms of baseball and the way that you see baseball going. To be quite honest, Cody, I, I could watch baseball 24 hours a day, but I know that most of America would only like to watch a few hours of baseball when they're going to a game. I was watching the Padres-Giants game on Friday night, and it went 11 innings. Okay, I mean, that's not insanely long. One might think that was a three-hour game, a three-and-a-half-hour game. No. This game lasted nearly five hours. I love nothing more than baseball, but the public doesn't. A way Rob Manfred could lower the average length of the game 
is by modifying the instant replay rule. Instant replay is huge in the MLB and needs to stick around, but modifications need to be made. One rule change that would speed up pace of play would be to limit it to just one challenge per team, regardless if it results in it being overturned. I've seen replay reviews last two minutes. I've seen them last five minutes. By limiting it to just one overall challenge per team per game, it'd be cutting games by a good five to ten minutes on average. Baseball isn't going to be perfect, and that's what makes it authentic. Each umpire officiates differently, and that adds a different style to how games get played. Big mistakes have been made before, the biggest coming when Joe West cost Armando Galarraga a perfect game on the final out. It's those types of plays that should be challenged, rather than a controversial call at third, on the third out of the game in the eighth inning of a 9-1 blowout. Who cares about a challenge? You're literally just extending the game when fans want to leave. By allowing only a single challenge, teams will be more stingy to use them, thus speeding up the game slightly. Baseball is not going to be able to cut it from three hours to two hours in a snap of a finger. It's going to be a bunch of small moves that need to be made. And I think instant replay is the first move that needs to be modified. I have to tell you, I'm on board for limiting the amount of replays and lowering the amount of time that they can go and look at them. I'm a naturalist. I'm a purist. I think that, uh, you know, they should take out replay altogether like they used to. One thing that I have there People complain about baseball being too long. Average game was three hours and five minutes last season. If you look at something like an NFL game, three hours and 12 minutes. It's even longer. You know, it's just a matter of if you like the anticipation and the waiting. I think that that is the difference right now. And the problem is that although we like that, most of America doesn't like waiting. I will agree to that. But you know what? There are some things that we're going to wait for and we're going to look at this week. Brandon, the what to watch for the week, I have to tell you, Adrian Beltre, I loved watching him throughout his career, obviously still playing, is only 13 hits away from 3,000 in his career, and I feel like nobody's talking about it. That's something you people have to go out there and talk about. Adrian Beltre is a fantastic player, and 3,000 hits is a milestone in any player's career. 13 hits away, it's possible he does it this week, it's a very big long shot, expect it to happen next week, but this a possibility so be on the lookout. As well, Albert Pujols at 605 total home runs, only four away from tying Sammy Sosa for eighth all-time at 609. He has to go on a homer spree if he wants to do it this week. Look out within the next month. Pujols will make that happen. Another milestone coming up, though, CC Sabathia. Six Ks from going 20th all-time and tying Cy Young in all-time career Ks, putting him about 200 away from that 3,000 mark, another 3,000 milestone this time on the pitcher side. You know, and then I have a couple matchups that we should be looking out for this week. Uh, Atlanta and Arizona, big matchup this week. Arizona has been very good this season, but Atlanta, really the underdogs of the season, a very undervalued team, second in the NL East. You know, competing with very good teams like the Cubs who are surging and then taking out teams like the Dodgers. Another one that you need to look at, it's the Boston-Seattle series this weekend. Boston should go in and just dominate those games, and hopefully what it'll do is show Seattle that they still need to sell, get rid of some of those big names, and that the David Phelps deal was just a fluke and a mess up. Uh, early in the week, four straight games, Cubs versus Sox. It's the Crosstown Classic. It's going to be a great matchup that everybody should watch. 
Uh, Chicago versus Chicago. It's a battle of who's the better team, who's going to dominate. One team's a buyer, one team's a seller. But in a rivalry game, as we know in any sport, anything can happen. And then the final matchup I have out in Washington. It's Colorado at Washington. It's a weekend series. Top team in the East. Thriving team in the West. You know, it's it's going to be one of the top offenses in the league on each side going at it. And that's going to be, without a doubt, the matchup to watch on the week. You know, I really do love those matchups. But you are missing a couple key ones. I think you're missing the Orioles-Blue Jays series, which happens early in this week. Both teams have small losing streaks, and they're going to need to turn it around quickly. The trade deadline, as I said earlier, is only eight days away. So if a team wants to compete, this is the week where they need to show that they have the ability to. Blue Jays need to start playing quality baseball. Time on their season is quickly running out. The Rays are on a a three-game losing streak and now sit three and a half games back at Boston for the AL East lead. That's not too big of a deficit, and that could be overcome if they play good baseball this week. It's going to be a big week for them to play baseball because they have two two series matchups against AL East opponents. First, they start off with the Orioles, and then they move to the Bronx for a four-game series with the New York Yankees, which is another exciting matchup to watch. But I think the biggest matchup of the entire week is going to be the battle for the NL Central. It's the Cubs against the Brewers this weekend. Don't look now, but the Cubs are playing great baseball. They're only a game back of the Milwaukee Brewers, who have lost 6 of 9 since the break. Don't be surprised that the Cubs are leading the NL Central once again come next show. The Brewers need to make a move, and they need to do it now. The one dark horse team that I have this week that you should be aware of is the Pittsburgh Pirates. There's an outside chance that these that this team, who have won 8 of their last 10 games, could be leading that division, as they have an easy schedule this week, on the road against the Giants and the Padres. Speaking of that Padres series, I will actually be in San Diego to watch the Padres beat the Pittsburgh Pirates, hopefully. So, wish us Padres some good luck. Yeah, hey, I have to back you up. I have to back you up there. I uh, I want you guys to take out the Pirates too. Give the Cubs a little bit of some breathing room and really whatever else the Chicago Cubs can take at this point. I just want to throw out there that my player of the week last week was Corey Spangenberg, and I just want to say this week he went 12 for 29 with three homers, nine RBIs, and five multi-hit games. For those that listened to my advice and picked him up, you're welcome. You know, one thing that I have to add in, uh, for those of you that were following the All-Star game and the Cincinnati Reds a little bit, Joey Votto promised Zach Cozart a donkey if he made the All-Star team. Zach Cozart ended up making it. Votto finally paid up, gave Cozart the donkey. It's a done deal. Zach Cozart loves his donkey that he gets to carry around to whatever team he may be on after the deadline. Do we know what the name of that donkey is yet? Because I know fans were able to vote online for what they think the name should be. Do we know yet? I don't think that they gave it a name. All that they have is Cozart said, I'm excited to finally have my donkey. And no, they're still having the vote out there. You can still choose what to name the donkey. So get out there and find this you know go on mlb.com you'll be able to find it and help zach cozart name his donkey so that's gonna about wrap it up for us this week expect our shows to be more around the 30 minute length for those viewers that don't want to invest an hour of their time we're making it simple for everyone quick 30 minutes of your day not too long give us a listen you won't you won't regret it we expect to have everyone who listens back the following week because you're just gonna fall in love with the show 
Again, my name is Brandon Gilden, and I'm here with Cody Lefkowitz, and this is Knuckleball Radio.